to Let's Talk Nudie. My name is Danny Skoy, your podcast host. And here we talk about self-growth, positivity, happiness, and anything to do to create the life you want to live. Now, this week's guest is Luisa Carnevali. She is an old friend from high school, but we recently reconnected through our yoga journey. She is a yoga teacher here in South Florida, and she used to live that corporate life, that 9-to-5 life, And she shares her story about how she became a yoga teacher and how she left that corporate life and what happened in between. Now, it is such an inspiring story just because it is so hard in this society especially to really go after what you want when it is so contradictory to how a lot of other people live. So I always love to hear these stories. I always love to see what happened to make you go a complete different you know, path, right? A drastic change. And I think it's genuinely one of the hardest things to do in this world is to drastically change your career. And she did it. She did it and she's thriving and she's living that life that she wants to live. And she's at peace and she's always obviously very always healing but it's part of the journey and I want to share her story and I'm so happy that she gave us her time and space to be able to get to share the story so I hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you think all right welcome to the podcast yay I'm so excited to have you here thank you for being excited I'm nervous though (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay so I wanted to um I mean I don't really know so much of your story yeah so why don't we start maybe college? Yeah, you started. Yeah. What what did you study? How did you decide that? Mm-hmm. So, whew, okay, let me just shake it off a little bit. I'm definitely. Mm-hmm. It's like it's always so like at least for me, it's intimidating to like talk about myself. Like one of the questions that I hate the most is like, tell me a little bit about you. I'm like, ah, fuck. Where do you start? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What? Okay, so I guess like to kind of wrap it up a little bit and to kind of lay like a linear type of story you know naturally I grew up in, I grew up in Venezuela I moved here when I was about 12 years old I turned 13 here and I it was like an incredible challenging experience for me at that time and then I grew up in Weston from Weston and finished my high school then I started actually I lived in Gainesville for my first year of college I went to UF mm, okay yeah and um I'm FSU so like okay. I don't <laughs> yeah so you know you know the the fun little drift here so I personally loved the school I just didn't really enjoy the city at the time the town you know Gainesville itself because even though at that time I was young I kind of always knew that I needed to be able to be in a place where I can be by myself and enjoy myself you know and in Gainesville there was you know I love to go on a long walk by myself or go to a museum and so essentially like really be in a place where if I'm gonna be anywhere I can enjoy myself and there didn't seem to be a lot of places in Gainesville where I could do that right it wasn't Mm. the energy at that time so then from there I transferred I I went actually abroad and then where I went went to Paris I was there for a year nice yeah so you know you know French I did know French I don't know anymore (laughs) you know at the time I did know and it was great because when I went um I was going to do six months, but then I froze the semester because I wanted to stay the whole year. And really that year, I think that's really when my development, my self-development started. Um, and we'll connect to it a little bit later. So uh, from there, from my year in Paris, I was like, there's no effing way I can come back to Gainesville. 
you know it's like wow. I had, it was mm-hmm. such a contrast from like one place to the other that I was like going back to the U.S. Wait, was it during college? You it went, was college. Like, yeah, after? it was like it was my sophomore year. I went. Okay. Oh, I went like my end of my sophomore year, like entering mm-hmm. my junior year. So then I froze my freshman year of my junior year. Right. So then I was there for the year, and then I was like, dude, this is my perfect time to transfer because I'm not gonna go back. I don't want to go back to Gainesville. Like the the growth that I lived that year was like it was like it felt like a huge catapult so it was like I wow really go back there and so I was like okay where could I go you know I was in Boston and my boyfriend at the time lived in New York so I was like great I'm gonna go to Boston and it's perfect because I've always wanted to go to Northeastern and you and all that mm-hmm. it's a city I came by myself and I can room with Ivana and then essentially that's what I did I transferred I went to Northeastern and then when I graduated college I um, thought I graduated with a business major and a minor in political science. And then I, obviously I'm not doing any of that. I'm a yoga teacher. (laughs) But um, so from there, where I landed was urgent in sales. You know, when I got out of there, I went to healthcare recruiting. So Mm. I was doing that for about three years and it was an incredible job. But while I was there, I noticed that I was also gravitating towards a lot of opportunities within the company that allowed me to work with the employees and were HR related. Interesting. Were, you know, like employee relations and, you know, really the engagement and retention centers. You know, I actually created a mentorship program for the company. Wow, nice. So, yeah, it was like, I I started, you know, when you get out of college, you're trying to figure out what you like, right? At least that's where I was trying to figure out what the hell to do with this. And essentially what I loved about the sales job was that I loved the relationship building. The really that connection that I built with my with my physicians and then what I hated was the closing like you know having to need to close the sale it wasn't a sale for me it was like I had somebody's life because essentially wow yeah you know you're recruiting I was recruiting and yeah I was also asked so I was working in locums department so what that meant is that we were hiring independent contracted physicians so we were essentially cold calling physicians in seven seconds you that's really where you connect like engagement wise with a person over the phone you have about seven seconds to really grasp somebody's attention Mm -hmm. so when you're cold calling it's incredibly hard to kind of reach somebody's attention that doesn't want to speak to you because remember you're cold calling right and so these physicians that we were cold calling were working full-time have their jobs that say somebody were to call you out of the blue and tell you danny's I need you to, hey, you don't know me, but drop everything you're doing and practice here for six months and become an independently contracted physician. You'll love it. What? Oh, so you were co-calling candidates. I was co-calling physicians that were full-time physicians, primary care physicians, specifically that's the specialty I was Mm -hmm. working with. And they already had, they were board certified, you know, they had had to screen like specific requirements. Okay. And when I would call them, my goal was to essentially convince them to leave the current job that they're working full time with basically leave their families and work remotely for six months in a rural part of the U.S. because there's a dif- there's a deficiency, which is really alarming, wow. actually. In the next, well, that was in, what, 2018? So in the, from 2018, at that time, in, within, those, within the next 10 years, about 100,000 physicians are going to leave the healthcare department and about only 20,000 are going to enter because of the massive difference in generations and their interests and how expensive it is to go to law to medical school and that's crazy lawsuits yeah and as a locums physician so independently contracted physicians you really um got so much flexibility what we were offering was honestly 
I truly believed in it. I truly loved what I was offering because I, there were so many more perks and pros and cons because it was for a separate podcast because there's so much to talk about this, but in the healthcare industry, there's so much corruption that goes on and physicians have to abide by certain rulings in the hospital that are against what they generally believe. So it's they're stuck in this loophole of things mm-hmm. that when you're independently contracted... You're not part of the hospital. You're just indip- you're hired by a third party. So you're going in to receive those patients that are in critical need, that are in rural states that there's n- that need people because they're yeah. not enough physicians. And then you get out and you go through another city, right? It's yeah. more like you have the opportunity of traveling. So, for, and, and it's sad because think about it this way. Obviously, when you graduate med school, you might not want to go to Idaho, right? You might want to go to... Miami you might want to go to New York or Boston like more like mm-hmm. more adventurous cities I would say or just like more cosmopolitan areas you don't mm-hmm. want to go to the remote rural right part. exactly so yeah. think about it if there's not a lot of people that want to go there there's not a lot of help of course no that makes a lot of sense yeah so yeah you you believed in the mission I believed in the mission I believed into what I was doing so that wow. for me that's why I struggled every time because I I was I literally had their life in my hands because I was sending them from one place to the other and I would convince them that this was the right job and it was good and essentially they were leaving their families some of them could come with their families because we would be able to mm-hmm. pay for it and so when it came to opportunities that I didn't feel that really matched the physician but I had the pressure of the hospital that me needed me to find somebody yeah I didn't enjoy that part and so then okay. that's when I started like kind of just really getting sick that's covid also hit oh wow this was recent this was recent yeah i graduated college in what 2017 like 2018 Mm -hmm. and so then covid hit i was working in the the healthcare recruitment department so that fucking sucked oh my god yeah (laughs) that was really scary so we were really finding out some things about it at the time that were really scary and i had also lost kind of that passion that i had to keep that momentum going with that job and my body crashed in 2020 and so there's all these things that we can talk about but because of what I went through with my personal life and my body I had to make a decision to leave this job because I just wasn't happy anymore Mm -hmm. so I transitioned into HR Mm -hmm. and it was a struggle because from sales to HR there is no there's not a lot of like transferable experience but there's a lot of transferable skills so for me to really be able to add value to my resume to get hired and all these things when a pandemic whatever so I found a job I was I finally was able to get a job in Norwegian Cruise and Holdings okay yeah I started from the bottom I was I'm sorry were you here Miami I was in Miami okay yeah so when I graduated college in 2018 I moved back to Miami okay and I was living here that's when I worked in the healthcare industry as Mm -hmm. well I it was my job was in Pompano and then I left and went to HR. In HR, I really truly thought I found my calling because HR is all about essentially helping the employees of the organization and really working on engagement and retention and all these things. And right. I love anything that is process. Process-oriented, solutions, logic. Okay. That's really how I've been able to also survive in my life. And so it comes easy for me to be able to come with creative solutions mm, in that sense, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, like projects or exactly. things that would help the company. Right. And so HR really involved a lot of that. But then when I was in HR, I realized that I was also limited because of the fact that we succumb to the executive team. No matter what I want to do, I'm still, my hands are tied corporate-wise. Like, you know, of there's still yeah. that corporate politics that I didn't enjoy, I didn't like. And 
it didn't really fit with me. And so I started yoga. And when I started yoga, I really started it because while I was in HR, really, truly, because Sarah and I would go after work and I felt left out. 1000% that's how I really started. No I was way. Like, you guys are going to eat after you practice and then you're having so much quality time. Like, I want to be part of that. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to start yoga. Whatever. Yeah. And so I started with Bikram. Mm-hmm. And when I started yoga, then Sarah took me to a vinyasa class with my teacher Mimi. And when I took that class, it was like, okay, I need to do my teacher training because Mimi, that was like in, so I started yoga last year, if you think about it. Wow. I prof practicing and so when I was practicing just recreationally it was mid-January and I met Mimi in March I was doing Bikram for about two months I had never done vinyasa so a lot of these poses I was like what the f and yeah dude and Bikram is so different Bikram is so different so different so hot and I couldn't breathe I'm asthmatic so it was really challenging like for me to breathe with a diaphragm like breath work is hard for me because I never was not really able to build that muscle and so then Vinyasa was totally different. When I met Mimi, it was March, and she was opening her teacher training for May. So she talked about it in the class, and Sarah was doing it. So I was like, you know what? I don't know. Something in my gut, it was the first time, and I can tell you it's been the first time where I made an impulsive decision that I trusted so blindly and I felt so good with, and I didn't even care about the price. I didn't even care about the logistics. Wow. I just knew I needed to do it. Yeah. And when I decided, I never thought I was going to become a full-time yoga teacher and I was going to make this altering decision from going from corporate to this. I just wanted to deepen my practice because mm-hmm. since I had just started, I was like, it's a great opportunity to really learn everything from the get-go, from the beginning, in terms mm-hmm. of alignment and everything. And then when I started yoga teacher training, everything changed for me. You know, like, everything changed for me. Um, How did you feel, though? Because I know... I've had, like I was telling you before, like I had this one class that was like so intuitive. I'm like, I need to do more with yoga. I need to speak, like I need to tell people that yeah. this exists. So yeah, that moment for me was, <sighs> okay, I guess like my body is like, ooh, freaking out. Okay, so <laughs> I had done Bikram and I enjoyed it, you know, but I had not gotten that sensation of that euphoric experience that you're asking me about now. Mm-hmm. So I just kept going, you know, whatever. And then I went to Gabby's class in Wynwood. Mm, yeah. And I went to Gabby's class in Wynwood. And uh, for the first time, and I, it was Vinyasa. It was Ashtang. Well, if, if you know The Gabby one that she Wynwood, does. Oh, yeah. my gosh. She's it's so hard. It's like, you know. And so I didn't know what the fuck I was expecting. And I didn't know what I had gotten myself into. Ivana was just like, let's start here. Because the big crumb studio that we had worked, like that we had gone to, closed down. So we all were like, let's find a new yoga place. So we found this place, and it turned out to be Ashtanga. We're like, okay, let's try it. Cool, yeah, yeah. Ivana had liked it, so we went. Mm-hmm. Nani, half, not even, it was probably not even 20 minutes into the class. <laughs> I could not stay in the room. I literally, childhood memories started coming into my mind that I had repressed, and I had no idea what the fuck was happening. It felt like a flush of just, like, memories, like, vomiting like in my mind and I could just feel like when I was like moving through the class like just these memories just flooding and flooding and flooding and me trying to make sense of like the order of what was going on and then I got dizzy I left the class midway threw up wow started crying (laughs) no 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 like literally was like started crying 
and your body was going through it my body went through like hell and back i did you think it was like the heat or was it just like the movements that your body was like no it was a combination of the heat because the movements and how i was moving because i had done bikram bikram was hotter than than than, than gabby and i think it was more about at that time i had practice enough for like you know for a month and a half so that by the time I did Gabby's she to me you know her style of her class feels to me I would describe it as like aggression because it's so challenging and yeah. hard and it's like you get to it you get up like she she's very like straight is very straight and like you know mm-hmm. and my body because of the trauma that I faced in my life responds to that level of aggression and movement. And I think that I hadn't ever moved that way in that environment mm-hmm. that it released. And naturally, there's a science. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why I'm, I'm a yoga teacher. When that happened, I was like, what the fuck is this? Last time I experienced something like this out of my control was when I was diagnosed with depression. And we can talk about that in a second. And my body went through other similar stuff as well. And I was like, is this, is this what you're supposed to fucking experience in a yoga class? Like, I literally got out of there and I was so pissed. I told the Atlanta and Sarah, I was like, I'm not going back. What the fuck is this? I don't want to go back there. Like, this sucks. Like, I didn't enjoy that. I didn't like the feeling and remembering things that I didn't like. But then I was also very curious. Interesting. I was also very curious because... It, it was definitely a trigger. It that was, was trigger. definitely a trigger. It was a massive trigger. And it also came at a perfect time because... I was diagnosed with depression in what 2020 and was this when you were working as a recruiter right yeah. yeah okay yeah so it was 2020 and I started yoga in 2021 that January so I got diagnosed with depression around June of 2020 and so it was like six months after I really found yoga and so imagine you know like for me personally the way that depression hit me was obviously very a personal experience that's mm-hmm. the way I, there's no way to describe it I would say depression is very subjective even talking about it makes me feel like I probably will cry but because of that experience I knew that what I had experienced in that class meant that I had to keep going that there was something well, that yeah. needed to get out of my body I knew enough at that time to say if my body is reacting this way is because it needs to release something that I don't want. So I had to face kind of the question of, do I want to neglect that part that I already, it's in my mind, it's already there, can't Mm -hmm. unsee it. Yeah. Or do I want to keep digging and figuring out what is going on and what can I, where can I go with that? So when you were saying, uh, when you were saying that you had like, um, something happened, when you were a recruiter, it was because you, you were diagnosed with depression. Yeah. Though. Okay. So, okay. So scaling back, you know, my, we started kind of figuring out like where I'm at. We I gave kind of a linear explanation about my studies and now yeah. I'm a full-time yoga teacher. I quit HR. Great. What got me to quit? So we'll get to that. But my personal development really started in 2018, I would say, when my relationship with my ex-boyfriend ended. I was 23 at the time. And we had been together for a lot of time. We had been together for, I think, about three to four years, you know, in general. And he lived with me really challenging times with my family. You know, my family was, my parents were divorcing. 
and my parents had been together for 23 years and um, in 2017 they separated and they started divorce you know going through the process of divorce but prior to the process of divorce obviously prior to their years there was a lot of animosity there was a lot of issues so he was really present during a time of my life that was really challenging and so when that relationship ended and um, so much I think that's really like and it's interesting what's happening to my body right now but it's like everything like I whatever I'm freaking out but um, when that happened it was really like a a moment in my life where it was like okay Lisa you cannot pick your family but you can pick your partner and you can pick your friends and you can pick your other circles so because what I was going through with my family was so challenging and it was such a like difficult time um and my relationship with my current with my with my previous ex-boyfriend wasn't healthy I had to make I got to the point where I literally was like I need to choose to have a different partner because I'm gonna die otherwise like I was drowning with how I was feeling so it's like I have to pick what can I let go of what can I what do I need to release like it, it almost felt like I something inside me pushed me against the corner I think because of the way that the relationship was going that I was like I need to let this go because I'm already hurting with this so much so I cannot pick my family but I can pick who's by my side who's my support partner or whatever it is sometimes life puts you in that position yes yes it it really does and in weird ways like that yeah no it, it forced me and it's been interesting because from that moment ending that relationship um so much started happening because I was 23 and it was the first time I was single because even in high school my first boyfriend that I really consider my first boyfriend um we were together for three years then we broke up for what like eight months and in those eight months that we were broken up with I was in Gainesville it was my freshman year and Mm -hmm. I didn't really go out I was with my with Defi like it was like I wasn't I didn't live a single life Mm -hmm. then I met my ex-boyfriend and we were together for four years so when I was 23 it was like for the first time that I was able to think just for me. That's so refreshing. And it was so crazy. Wow. Because I, since I had been in a relationship my whole life, I always was used to thinking about the other person or what, oh, if this person wants to do this or I can't do this because maybe this person doesn't want to, that I received so much freedom but so much pain at the same time because I was also mourning a, relation, a loss of a person. Of course. That it was like so, ch- it was like, whoa. So then when I was single, I lived experiences that I, for the first time, I hooked up with somebody that wasn't my boyfriend at 23. My friends had that experience when they were probably in high school, you know, like mm-hmm. I was living seasons of my life that I wasn't able to live. Yeah. And growing up very Catholic, you know, when I moved, I grew up from the Opus Dei. Mm-hmm. And that is a very orthodox lineage of Catholicism. Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mom was Opus Dei too. Yes. So one of the things is that I struggled a lot with my self worth because, you know, you know that sex is a privilege under the religion, right? And like hooking up with somebody and like it just felt like if it wasn't an emotional connection, it felt like you were you were you, the judgment started to come in you know yeah. the, the words that we I don't I no longer want to use about that you know like the slut shaming and all these things came in because of the fact that 
my the way that I was raised mm-hmm. was yeah, such yeah. a heavy way and then so think about it I ended that relationship and both of my previous ex-boyfriends were really really possessive interesting we're really you know like jealous what were you and are you still you know catholic like or, so or my, was your boyfriend so, your ex-boyfriend yes so okay yes and no so going back to the point of where I mentioned that the, my previous ex-boyfriends were really jealous when I became single I had no identity you know I, I attention for me was a struggle you know because since I was in relationships where there was a lot of perhaps fights over you're dressing this way or you're calling too much attention or it's your fault that these guys like you or whatever it is when I was single and I started getting all this attention and going out with my friends and yeah. maybe hooking up with people and doing all these things internally I felt like I was like the worst human being ever and my wow. religion came to yeah. play my relationship with my ex-boyfriend came to play so like there was so much that ha- happened from that moment like really that's where I would say that my self-development kind of started because that's when I really re- released and created so much space for other things to happen that changed me into a different direction and wow. to answer your current question about my spirituality you know right now I'm getting married and that was a step congratulations thank you <laughs> marriage to me you know I never thought I was gonna get married even with my previous really I always said I wasn't gonna get married I didn't believe wow. in marriage so it's I'm telling you, it's been such a wow. massive growth for me yeah. with everything, um, especially because of the way my parents' were, marriage was. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it when I was growing up, and then when I got divorced, I lost hope in it. And then when I, my ex and I broke up, I literally lost hope in anything in terms of commitment. I had, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it, you know. I spent, I thought I was gonna marry if anything that person, and so when that relationship mm-hmm. ended, my parents' divorce also was happening at the same time. To me, I was like there's no way in hell I'm gonna be yeah. in marriage this sucks whatever and so because of my religion I also have a lot of I struggle with a lot of current things and I don't believe in the institutions I don't believe in the mm-hmm. behind the scenes of the church and all that you know I do believe in the religion and the faith I also believe in Hinduism I believe in Buddhism mm-hmm. I believe in Jewish I love all the religions because mm-hmm. at the end if you really synthesize and study the religions behind it, it's about believing in a higher energy, whether you call it God, the universe, the source yep. of the creator. Mm-hmm. And I have some conflict currently with my religion. I'm, it's one of the things I'm healing, you know, Catholic with the Catholic religion. Because one of the things that I love so much that I had the pleasure, pleasure of because of yoga is experiencing the Hinduism religion. Because um, what I love about that is that although they do believe in many gods, their main, I believe I would say, the main philosophy is you. You are your highest yep. mm-hmm. being. So return that wisdom to you. And in my experience with Catholicism, you're searching the external validation of Jesus Christ, God, yep. the spiritual, whatever. And so it's like I grew up in a way that like I felt... God is going to hate me if I don't do this. Or, But what matters is what do I think about myself? Yeah. You know, like the religion yeah. within myself. So right mm-hmm. now my spirituality is I believe in many things, but I believe mostly in me and like my spiritualness of like, yes, I believe in the universe. I believe in there's a force higher than all of us because I cannot, like you have to humble down. You cannot believe that 
you we're just this right right yeah and so we're not getting married by the church when we get married which was an issue with my family as well but you know we all have to authenticate ourselves and we're getting married just by a civil wedding so yeah yeah of <laughs> yeah. course so, oh yeah that's incredible it's beautiful yeah I went through I went through something similar with the Catholic Church too because my parents were really into it when we lived in Colombia, and when we moved here, you know, you have to get your com- your first communion and yes. like your confirmation, and I remember being in class telling me and like my teacher was telling me like if you do this and God will you know do, and I'm like what I was like what do you say it just <sighs> didn't align yeah. and that's when I realized I was like. I told my mom, I'm like, mom, I'm sorry. Like, I respect you and I respect, you know, your beliefs. I just don't think it aligns with with me. And I went on a search. And my mom was like, yeah, like, you know, go find whatever, you know, brings you peace, right? And I literally went on a search. I studied philosophy in college. Love it. And I was like, which one's the right one? (laughs) Which one is it? And and the more I studied, the more I realized that I don't know. And I I probably will never know. And when I started doing yoga is when I was like, whatever is out there, it's in me. Yes. That's when when I realized. I was like, that's so what all I have to do whenever I feel lost, whenever I feel whatever, it's come within and that's when I started meditating. I'm like, wait, when it, when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel something, like I'm confused or something, I'm like, let's clear space and let's just see how I feel. Yeah. You know, and it took me forever. It took me, you know, getting sick. It took me like leaving my job. It took me so much to come back to myself. When I was searching so much externally, it was like, wait, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. And I think life is a journey of that. Like, you have so many different issues or, like, you know, things that you're healing and blah, blah, blah. But it all comes to, like, how you perceive whatever it is. Yeah, like, your reality. And I want to commend you on that because it, it seems simple to just say, just come back to you. But that is one of the hardest things, oh, yeah. I would say, in the human experience. Mm-hmm. Because there's adults that never take that risk and... I believe it's incredibly courageous to just simply close your eyes and say hello to your subconscious and hear that inner voice of yours that is sometimes your worst enemy and your best friend at the same time Mm -hmm. and to really want to stay with the uncomfortable feelings of looking within because it forces you to really address things that are not okay that you didn't realize that were there and so yeah I'm so happy that you chose that and that you're that this is how you feel because that is everything and Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at today you know and and that's beautiful it is really challenging and I want you to like I'm sure that you feel this way but it's already like maybe celebrate that today because at least for me the the reason why I even got to that and I I struggle a lot with my body like sensations in my body and that's really where my depression kind of like got diagnosed because I was like it I don't know I think it sometimes takes a lot of people like that that one thing that pushes you over the edge, like you mm-hmm. got sick, you mentioned, mm-hmm. I got sick, and that way that it manifested was because, you know, I was laying on the floor, I couldn't move, I had muscle spasms all over my spine, wow. my boyfriend had to take me to the emergency room, and we went to like, the emergency room had like was so busy that we went to like the emergency chiropractor, and he literally couldn't physically touch me at all, like just the simple sensation hurt, 
my whole body was in wow. physical pain like I can't even describe wow. it and I go through it still you know it's something that I'm working on and but that really that sensation in my body initiated that inner search as well for me to be like what the fuck is going on so when I found yoga and that class made me throw up and relieve these things I started recognizing that there's a huge separation between my mind and my body there is this huge like the sensations that mm. I cannot tolerate there's certain sensations that I cannot tolerate and then it started manifesting in different ways you know like the sensations that I cannot tolerate in my body are joy happiness and peace and whenever I feel so it's interesting because I, I can feel happy and joyous and peaceful for everybody else for so many people and I can attune to it but if it's something that is about me like celebrating anything for me anything about like that brings me joy for me my body cannot tolerate it and when I got depressed I went through this journey with my body where I would be walking with my boyfriend and we would start we would talk let's say about something that could probably elevate my mood that day because I was sad and depressed and I would start burping I would have like burping attacks that I would start throwing up bile to the point like I couldn't like I couldn't yeah it's it's been it's been a journey for me and so that's crazy how your body communicates like that it literally (sighs) communicates to you it that this experience that I've been having with my body began the like it really was when I began being able to actually listen and that communication that others talk about that you can connect to your body I was like fuck my body (laughs) and I and it's been and it's an interesting relationship because a lot of the times I'm ungrateful about it you know a lot of the times I don't express enough gratitude towards it because it's painful you know it's Mm -hmm. not fun to experience these burp attacks and throw up in the middle of the fucking sidewalk or it's not fun when I have like spinal pain where like it starts from my neck and it like shoots like freaking pain in my Mm -hmm. back and I have this anxiety in my chest where I can't breathe like this physiological response to the trauma that's stored in my body is not fun but I'm so grateful for it because I've built a relationship where it's led me to know what feels good what doesn't feel good it's initiated that intuitive relationship between myself and connecting that part of me that I've dissociated so much over the years because of my trauma and so tying it back to what you said about going back within like the fact that you were able to do that and it's so hard for a lot of people no it's hard for everyone I think it's hard for everybody personally for me one of the reasons why it's so hard is because I cannot sit still and meditate um it hurts me like in shavasana because my body it's not in a level right now where it can do that and not feel pain and so you're still healing i'm healing Mm -hmm. and meditation that's why i so it's funny because one of the things when i was going through my depression my boyfriend is really honestly he's amazing i love him i could talk about him all the time Mm -hmm. and he i would say is really elevated in a lot of ways and he's very intuitive with breath like he honestly should be a yoga teacher and a coach or whatever but he would just tell me to breathe Mm -hmm. a lot of the times and I would hate him so much when he would say that because it was so hard for me because my body and this I'm sure that you know I didn't know this until recently there's certain pranayama breathing and breath work that gives people more anxiety just because of the relationship that you have with the trauma in the body yeah because Mm -hmm. you're creating some heat heat within and there's symptoms that are coming up so for me when I was in distress 
and in that fight and flight, living with chronic fight and flight, when you're adding breath work sometimes, it gave me more anxiety because it slowed down my mind and my and the thoughts in my mind were even more present. And so it was really hard. Wow. And so meditation is hard. And so mm-hmm. yoga for me was an amazing experience because it's meditation and movement. It, exactly. It literally yeah. forces me to fucking move and flow and shift the energy that is stuck there, that I have subconscious trauma buried in there mm-hmm. that I'm not even aware of. And so it's been a whole process for me to to be where I'm at today, really. And I think, I mean, meditation is different for everyone, and I think there's different ways to meditate. And you just got to find the way that's best for you. It doesn't mean that you have to, like, sit down and just, like, you know, like, like be super yogi about it. No, there's so many different ways to meditate, and I think working out and moving your body, even running, like, you are meditating. It's funny that you say that because when I was going through the peak of my depression, which we call it Bertha, by the way. We call my depression Bertha. Bertha. So, we, mm-hmm. so my boyfriend, without, see this? Interesting. When we were going through that moment, it was like honestly like a different person. Like I, it was not myself. I was not myself. And, um, or I was myself just going through a journey. I'm going to yeah. it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we would make fun of it. Like Bertha is here today. So he would call it a name. He called it a really ugly name so he can separate it from not being a part of me. Because wow. one of the things that was hard for me to, to go through is like, I'm not this person. And so by him separating it and labeling and naming that emotion and giving it a name mm-hmm. and personifying it, you're, I was able to connect to it and reflect to it and be like, yep. Bertha, why are you doing this mm-hmm. to me today? Or what do you need me to learn? Or whatever. We learned mm-hmm. these tools. And... When I was run, I started exercising because I needed mm-hmm. to release. And I, and I started running, and running is, has been always challenging for me because of my breath and, and asthma. And, but when I started running, I kid you not, I felt crazy because I would get to points where I was sobbing while I was running. And I had no idea why the fuck I was You're running. moving your energies. You're I literally was moving your energies. That's why it's like mm-hmm. running is... You know, like meditation with what you're saying is many things because at the mm-hmm. end, the goal of meditation is to look within, is to reach that oneness of your higher self. And mm-hmm. for some, it's by painting. For some, it's by running. For some, it's with the physical asanas of yoga. By some, it's with breath work, right? So you experience crazy stuff when you move the body and, mm-hmm. and there's different ways that work with that movement. Yeah, especially when I... So like meditation is to be present, right? Yes. And why it's so hard for people is because you being present means you have to be within you like you just yeah. have to be there right and yeah. it's obviously you have your your thoughts and you know you it's really hard it's, it's a muscle right it's a muscle that you need to like work on but with exercising it makes it easier because it's so hard to think when you're like out of breath or like yeah you're like oh my god like or, or like when you're doing hit mm-hmm. to me when you when you're doing hit i'm like there's nothing there yeah it's like i am trying to get to like number 10 of my rep or like you know something like that and that's why i'm like i it's it's even easier for people to go in and move their bodies and and it's just so crazy what it does to you like when especially when like for me running is like 
It, like if I feel some type of way, like like anxious, yeah. I'm like I gotta go run. I love that you can do that. I can't I can't run for my life. But <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, but it, it took me a while. I mean, like it took me in law school that I ha- I was like suffering from like extreme anxiety of like the pressure and and all of that. Yeah. I'm like I need a freaking outlet, and I just started running, yeah. and it was the only way. I swear to you, I swear to God, yeah. the only way I passed the bar. Oh my god. Was running. I ran a half marathon went while I was studying for the bar. The only way, the only reason I passed was because I did that. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper now. I'm going to say I would challenge that thought and say the only reason it's not because you the only reason why you passed the bar is because you chose to go run it and you knew that that was good for you so that was you you i didn't even know it was good for me all Mm -hmm. i knew is that my body needed something and it felt good and it some movement you trusted it yeah and and so so i I had no idea why the correlation i was just like oh i'm crazy i I can't believe i'm doing this and the bar and it got harder through you know throughout like now that i'm doing 13 miles i'm like oh my god this is insane but now looking back at it my sister um she tells me about her like therapist and and her experience with him and like she's like she suffers from anxiety and sometimes when she goes to her sessions she's like i feel crazy like i feel this i feel that he's like have you have you done cardio and then she's like no i haven't don't we're not even going to talk about your emotions until you start running five times a week 30 minutes at least minimum each after that after that you do that for a month then we come back and talk about your emotions see how you feel i love how he held her accountable there yeah and he and he was like you cannot it when you have a lot of things going on in your mind like uh you know depression or anxiety or whatever it is move your body just move your body like have like uh like some movement like you chose yoga or you know your body chose like Mm -hmm, some type mm -hmm. of movement he was just like do something that's moving the energy in your body and you're going to change the chemicals that are released in your brain. Yeah. And it, and just having that healthy foundation, then we go from there. Then we go to like, okay, let's talk about your anxiety. Like, let's talk. Then you go more into that. But it's like, first, let's get you chemically balanced. Mm-hmm. Scientifically. Yeah. And so when she told me that, I was like, oh, my God. Like, no wonder I, I intuitively craved running when i was so stressed like studying for the bar because i'm like of course like i needed to release all this energy that was pimped up you know and with that you know like one of the things that i've learned because you know through this whole ordeal that i've so currently you know i have been diagnosed with anxiety depression i have adhd you know um and there's a lot that can overlap with these three and it's ebb and flows right it's all about that and with movement for me for example one of the things that i learned was that all my life i grew up playing high impact sports so i grew up moving you know really what were you what were you doing tennis flamenco ballet you name it like i loved Mm. specifically tennis was really kind of like the main one and um there's this thing that happens that when you exercise you know the stress response is cortisol and we have that hormone in our body, it's cortisol. Mm-hmm. And stress is actually good, but in the healthy way because stress initiates movement, initiates our nervous system, our, car- our, our energy levels and everything, right? But stress, right, too much of anything can activate our fight and flight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I discovered with my personal experience with yoga and movement is that throughout my life I was 
moving. I was doing high impact sports that were releasing though a lot of cortisol in my body. But for whatever reason for me, I wasn't releasing. So movement was happening, but releasing was not happening. So so it, it also kind of created this more of an anxiety in my body because that chemical response was just releasing that the stress because naturally you need it and one yeah. of the things I learned when I started yoga because I'm super tight and I asked this physical therapist like why the hell I've been practicing yoga for at least a year and why am I still so tight and there's many reasons trauma right emotional weight and then um, what I've been doing with my body like how I developed my body and when you have been doing high complex impact sports for a while that amount of stress is good to keep you from that from with that sport like you, yeah. you need to be tense you need to be tight so that you can play basketball oh, right so you can yeah. you don't need to be flexible because you're gonna be freaking falling so you need to be like all that all that energy is concentrated so you're releasing mm-hmm. so much and it's moving but it's still so concentrated in one place yeah so that um, now with yoga, you're shifting and moving in different ways that for you, you found a way to release. But not a lot of like movement is releasing. So mm, that's why for mm-hmm. everybody, when you're trying to figure out what works for you, for you, running was releasing. Mm-hmm. For, my, for me, running was releasing to a certain extent. Right now, it's no longer releasing. If mm. I were to continue running right now, it's, it requires so much of me that I release too much stress chemically. So I wow! Think, really? Yes. Because you played uh, sports before. Just because that. of the way the way that I, the relationship that I have with that response in my body chemically. That is the, so interesting. Yeah, and you know I've learned it because naturally as a yoga teacher I started getting a lot of different certifications just because also I'm a nerd I love to fucking mm-hmm. read especially the things that I love so I got certifications in trauma informed yoga and advanced teacher training and I'm doing this new one now where uh, it's mind body practitioner so you're connecting it's this whole thing mm-hmm. and, I've, and I learned that the science behind there's different responses and it's all about what works for you and for right. your body exactly, and yeah. for that's why there's some people that yoga the physical yoga doesn't work for them but that is what i want to highlight yoga is not what you see here like the physical awesomeness as you know because you're a teacher Mm -hmm. you did your training yoga means union the mind the body and the soul and there's different styles and different ways of reaching yoga and the most important yoga is off the mat how you're you how you're creating that integration between your mind your body and your soul for you you need that release and it might come with running. For me, it's the physical asanas. For mm. other people, it's breath work. For other people, can sit in meditation and meditate for hours. Yes. Right? Some people can go on long walks. Yes. You know, so finding what works for you and making that separation between movement and release. Because there's mm. a difference. You can move, but you can also not be releasing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's so true. And I, I think with yoga, when I first decided... When I was telling you like this one class I had, I'm like, oh my God, I was releasing a lot. Like I started crying. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. Like I wasn't even sad. It was just like your so much like crying. goodness. Yeah, you, my body was crying. Yeah. It was not the same for when I would run and let's say I would cry running or like I was so happy running or like, you know, it's so such a different, I guess, release. It makes sense. It's like completely different. It's just one of the things that it's so hard that I that I find so hard in this world is that in school, like people have a hard time believing the things that that perhaps we're saying because there seems to be no evidence, but there is so much, you know, like there is. the signals that you feel in your body, the emotions are, serve as a signal, but we tend to separate that, you know, and so with like anything, it's about really embodying and like integrating everything. Right? like mm-hmm. your, your 
how you feel, your thoughts or sensations. And so there is a science behind the body releasing and the body crying because the body's a vessel, but your soul, your spirit, whatever you believe in is inside of you that is not yeah. your body, releases externally and internally. You have organs, yeah. you have the breath, you have things that require movement. Yeah. And so why is it so hard to believe for us that our hips store emotions, that our shoulders store emotions that require yeah. our responsibility to move them to physically release it, mm-hmm. right? And so it's incredibly important to be able to view the science behind that and, of and course. honor it and not just like take a pill, right? Yeah, but I'm really happy that it is shifting a little bit. I think, so. yeah, I think like it's hard for a lot of people to comprehend and it's completely okay i think that's a lot of people come from different cultures it's just hard you know it's it's hard to like put it into perspective sometimes but i think you you have to experience it yourself for Mm. you to believe it sometimes and what we're saying maybe to some people will sound crazy because they haven't experienced something like this and to be honest with you if i hadn't experienced all of the things that i have experienced i don't think i I would just be like haha you know and when I say things sometimes, like with my boyfriend, because he's like very, he's very like, uh, how do you say it? like, um, uh, pragmatic. Yeah, he is, and he's he's very stoic. Like he's mm-hmm. very, you know, into like philosophy and all that stuff. But I'm so spiritual. Yeah. Like I don't even know, but yeah. I'm just like sometimes I talk and yeah. I know he's like I'm not you. laughing, but he's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you feel like. Does he think I'm crazy? Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm okay with it. Like, we've talked about it. (laughs) I've talked, we've talked about this. I'm like, you know what, this, accept me. Like, this is it. Just letting you know, okay? But seeing that, that there's people, you know, and like, me and him connect. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like, my boyfriend, like, we have so much in common. Imagine, you know, people out there just do not, like, even have that same similar mindset. And... It's just sometimes people take it differently, completely differently. Completely. And I mean, listen, there's so many times that I've gone through some stuff physically that I'm so glad that my boyfriend has been around because I've literally told him, like, if I were to explain this to you, I'd be like, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> like, I'm glad somebody else witnessed what I what I just went through because it makes me also believe that I'm not fucking crazy. That I'm yeah. like, not making things up. Like, it yeah. is strange. You know, I know that, you know, and we tend to disregard things that we can't see. Yep. We, but mm-hmm. our emo- love you don't see it you see it with actions yeah. with feelings right but like mm-hmm. we're so quick to just like disregard things that you can't see or explain or have the why mm-hmm. that we just tend to need to have a yeah. response or an answer that when it doesn't make sense it's like oh then it can't make sense since it doesn't yeah. make sense it's false it doesn't it's fake or it doesn't it's not real but it is like and, and it's so true you have to experience it for yourself yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm thankful that i've experienced it myself and that's why sometimes I struggle because I tend to be ungrateful about it when I go through the moments of like not yeah. liking the experience. But but yeah, and it's a journey, you know, and I, and I love that you guys, that you just said that about your boyfriend because when I started this whole thing, between my friends, you know, we're really lucky that we've conserved our friendships the way that we have since like so young. And we're all different, but so similar at the same time. And I would say that for me, you know, when we when I was going through my journey, previously for me experiencing this stuff myself, I was more of those people that I was like, I have to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. And 
I was kind of like the last one to jump on ship on certain things that my friends had already believed and were already on board, like spirituality, energies, and like things that happen. And I'm like, the fuck? Okay. <laughs> so then I started experiencing myself things that I couldn't explain and understand. And I was like, this is what people probably go through that they don't know how to voice. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. you just have to go through it. It's it's crazy. It's honestly really crazy because I completely understand what you mean yeah sometimes you you just have to experience it yourself you have to and like you know with you know in in high school like it was very common for uh, girls to be very um conscious of their bodies yeah body image was always a big thing and i mean it's understandable obviously so i never went through something like that in high school and to me i was just like oh my god Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. like get it together yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know like I was always just like whatever yeah you it. didn't understand it and then I went through it when I was like 24 mm. I was way older when all my friends have already gone okay, through that yeah. and I'm like what is happening and and it was a really really hard and foreign uh, thing that I went through because it was like my life like mm. all I could think about was like how do I feel in my skin mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming because, like, no matter what you're doing, you're, you know, on a date with your boyfriend or you're watching TV or, like, there's no relaxing. Yeah. It was, like, just in my head. And so, I'm like, how the hell did I, how how can I get rid of this? And How did you? Like, what worked for you? Like, what was your... Yeah, it, it was crazy because the more I tried, the more I, I implemented methods, the less it worked for me. What do you mean? In, to try to stop? Yeah, like, I wanted, I, I didn't want to be there. Okay. You didn't want to feel that way? I didn't want to be there, right? So I I wanted to get over it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like, let me try different mm-hmm. things. Like, I started counting calories and I started doing this. I started, like, running more miles or, like, just, like, I wanted to fix it mm-hmm. because I did not want to be there anymore, I right? you're saying, yes. And then one day, I was eating with my parents. I was living with my parents at the time. And I love being with my family. Like, mm-hmm. it is wholesome for me. It's just like it's such it's like the most the biggest pleasure for me right I love that. and we were having such a good time we started watching a movie after and i was like i can't enjoy this mm. and i'm like you know what i give up i'm gonna give up like i'm over it yeah. I'm, ha- I'm living such a beautiful life like i'm with my parents like they're at peace and you know every family struggles at one point and they're th- in this moment where everything was at peace like my mm. sisters were at peace my parents like yeah. my career was going well like everything was going well and this was this one thing that was really like fucking everything for me right oh my God. and then i was like i give up like i i just want to enjoy this movie i'm gonna enjoy my family like i want i'm gonna go to you in the morning or like i was yeah. like i'm gonna just go on with my life and it no longer um i just chose not to like pay attention to it i was just like ugh, like and I started like slowly Whoa. paying attention more to other things in my life, and I didn't, I, I didn't even do it on purpose. It was just like I'm so tired of thinking about this. I'm just gonna stop. Literally, miraculously, started losing weight. Huh. I lost so much stress that I was holding in my body because I was resisting, you know, because I wanted to control yeah. the outcome. I wanted to get out of it so bad that like. It wasn't, you know, it just, it was resisting. I was resisting that I was just meant to be where I was. Like, and I look back at pictures of me at that, at that time, and I literally looked the same. 
my god it was the perception that i thought yes. i was like so ugly at the time or so it was literally how i was per- perceiving my my body and okay, myself I have so many questions and like now like you know i i have so much self love like with my body like there is like and i i think it comes in waves like maybe mm-hmm. you know eventually in my life maybe i'll go through something yeah. like that similar but i think it was something that i needed to learn but the moment i i just like gave up and just like oh, i mean, i am where i am you let it go i am where i am i'm going to enjoy and i and then intuitively i just like obviously i i had affirmations i was like you know it, it was a lot of affirmations in the morning but it was more like about loving myself mm-hmm. more than like oh like you, you know my body whatever result yeah. yeah and and yeah and then i just i, I that's it and i just like let it go and it's like well first of all i'm gonna take a breath because that's that's so impressive because what you did there for yourself the level of awareness that you had in that moment like it was like you had some sort of like epiphany right like you saw what was going on around you you appreciated your environment you expressed Mm -hmm. like gratitude subconsciously in that moment like whoa my like i love my family my family's all good and they're here and i'm not feeling good and it took that level of awareness for you that it almost snapped you out of it like whoa you know what i'm just gonna like let it go and and that resistance is not fucking easy like you that Mm -hmm. that was awareness like what that was a that you trusted your awareness in that moment and that Mm -hmm. is so beautiful and that's amazing because the fact that you love your body today right now the way you do Mm -hmm. and and like that that is everything right like some people i but it's so like i agree i think it was some type of self-awareness but at the time i didn't feel like that I, i didn't i felt like i was just like oh i'm so tired you know, I was just like, oh. I'm so tired of feeling this way. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I was just like, oh, you know what? If I'm fat, I'm fat. Yeah. And and I just, like, or let it be. Is that acceptance? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was yeah, there acceptance. There you go. I think it was acceptance. You literally surrendered. That's yeah. That's what you did in that moment. You surrendered to, like, you know what? I'm fucking tired. It is what it is. I'm going to accept it. And the moment, and notice how no, it wasn't, I would, I'm not going to call it luck because, I believe in synchronicity and there's no coincidences. Mm-hmm. And the moment you accepted it and surrendered, look, you even said it miraculously, you started losing weight, things started mm-hmm. working out your way. I have goosebumps because it wasn't also miraculously, like you you surrendered. When yeah, you when you I surrendered did, yeah. and accepted for what is, you let go of the resistance. Yeah. And and it's I think like I've been through like many different uh, episodes of that resistance in different areas, mm. and I think a lot of people go through that. Yeah. And obviously, like, you know, it's it's really easy to say, oh, just just let it go, and then things will flow, right? It's it's just so easy Dude. to say that. Oh my God, yes. And then, but when you when you're actually going through something that you don't like, and like you try so hard, it's okay to go through something that you don't like because that then you're choosing your preference. You you know like. Life is giving you the opportunity to choose something else and then go towards that other thing, right? And sometimes it's good to, like, be uncomfortable that you're just like, oh, I need to take action, right? But when you have taken action and action and action and nothing is moving, sometimes this is the universe telling you, just let it go. Okay, I love that we're going to get into this topic because, um, so one of the things that, as you were speaking, like, where my mind was going... 
I've been getting into for a while for since I started my yoga journey quantum physics I don't know if you've like done some research or know much about it but it's a science this is not something like yogi thing saying about whatever there is scientific evidence and research and all these things that I can like there's a book that I would encourage maybe you've read and heard about it it's called um, your body keeps the score it's not about quantum physics but it talks about the science behind how our bodies store trauma and wow quantum physics this is where I'm gonna tie it into what um, was it called again the body keeps the score the body keeps it's the score an incredibly famous like book like so many therapists recommend it it's like mm -hmm. it's gonna change it's actually been really hard for me to finish the book because wow. I have a shit ton of Thomas throughout in my body that when I read there's certain chapters that I cannot yet like read peacefully so it's been a process for me to like finish it but with quantum physics one of the things that I've learned is that as we're all and this is a part of science we're all energy from the atom right from the smallest particle to the up this desk that's in front of us is an object but it's made up of energy and if you put the atom under a microscope it's a frequency it's not a physical object and as you know with energy it doesn't die it doesn't end and you can't bring it to life it's just that it is it is what it is but energy mm -hmm. moves in frequencies and so with that frequency as we're all energy it comes down to receiving the signals from our environment and the universe and surrendering and not resisting so with what you're saying about you can take action and you took action in that moment but also when you resist what's happening in your body you are activating fight and flight what happened and this is the science behind it, and this is some mm -hmm. of the stuff that i've received from like just learning about it but fight and flight your nervous system is responsible to protect you that the basicness we know that right we have mm -hmm. fight and flight and freeze response but Okay, let me backtrack it. So our mind, your brain, right, is divided into two, your subconscious and your conscious. And so your conscious, your subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of how you experience your reality. It's like that sinking, 95% of how you experience your reality is from your subconscious mind, meaning that you have no control of that. And only 5% is your conscious, so you're only 5% of that leftover is your awareness, your conscious awareness. And so our subconscious mind is connected to the nervous system. And your nervous system and your subconscious mind starts really developing between ages, you know, like the memory and the restoring of your trauma and all that, between ages from three to nine. So as you grow physically, physiologically, you might be adulting, you get older, you age, you wrinkle, but your subconscious stays from that period of your childhood, right, from ages three to nine. And whatever trauma you lived and did not heal and stored, your subconscious, your nervous system stores it like a filing cabinet. So think wow. about it like a computer. Mm -hmm. So anytime you were a child and you perhaps felt unsafe and you walked into a room, it remembered that moment and stored it into your mind. So now when you walk into spaces that feel similar, that your senses are receiving, those receptors are receiving either a similar smell or taste or experience, your nervous system activates and starts to protect you and that's why maybe i don't know if it's happened to you that you walk into a room sometimes and you just don't know why but feel off you're like what the fuck like i don't like the energy here or it doesn't feel good it's because something in that room is reminding your nervous system about a similar experience that it felt unsafe in and so what happens is subconsciously we're all basically children if you think about it we're children between ages three to nine that we're living in adult bodies and we're, our subconscious is ruling 
literally uh, experience. Yep. And so if our nervous system is constantly getting activated by repressed memories that we're not mindfully aware of, you're in this state of chronic fight and flight. And so when you resist, right, you're compre- what's happening in your body is that your nervous system starts compressing and tightening. And so what happens? All of your organs tighten. All of your organs start to shut down and try to conserve energy to keep you safe because you're not, the nervous system's number one job is to keep you alive. And it doesn't understand that you're in the present. It just thinks that something, it just yeah, understands yeah. what it understands. Something about mm-hmm. it doesn't feel safe. So when you're resisting, all of this energy that you have within your body is tense is scarce right like you have this scarcity mindset so if your energy and if the universe is energy you're sending that energy to the universe so the moment that you let go and you you surrender all this energy naturally flows within your body and so when the universe is connecting to this energy of whatever frequency you're in you're able to receive what you're able to tolerate based on the energy that you're mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you go to a yoga practice and you really do any sort of meditation or any mindful exercise, that is the goal, right? To rewire your subconscious mind, to re- to look within, to see that what yeah. inner child, that mm-hmm. inner voice, whatever you may want to call it, is experiencing. So you as an adult can, with your awareness, redirect the attention and protect that wound that needed to be healed Mm -hmm. that now you can be aware of and that is when the upper hand about your your reality being ruled by your subconscious that's when the upper hand kicks in because your conscious controls your subconscious so if you're able to just play with your awareness where you're shifting your perception and bringing this conscious awareness to your subconscious you really can change your fucking life yep Mm -hmm. because it's your experience Mm-hmm. And this is when you get into the conversations of manifestation and all these things that we call as miracles. But that's what happened, I would say, in that moment. The moment you stopped resisting, you changed the energy within. Because when you mm-hmm. stopped resisting, your nervous system let go. It unfroze, energy started shifting. And naturally, when your energy yeah. started shifting, that frequency transferred into the outside of the, into the outside of your body, right to the universe. And so then you're able to receive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have this idea, you know, and I even been culprit myself of like the universe is against me, the universe hates me, or the universe don't do this to me, or whatever it is. That's really some of the things that I've thought myself, and I'm working with rewiring that because the universe can only give you what you are able to put out to receive. And one of the things that I learned entering my relationship with my ex, with my current ex boyfriend, with my, with my current boyfriend, is that when me and him met. I was not ready to be in a relationship. I didn't want it. I was like, dude, I just got my single experience. I just ended a, like a really deep relationship. I'm not even ready. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even healed. I hadn't, I started really, I, I would say that I started really truly healing my mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend with my current relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because I think that I went through such a space of like shutdown that when I was single, I was just living things that I wasn't processing Mm -hmm. that when I decided to trust that I didn't need another person a partner to find love in a relationship and just like enjoy where I was at when that just came naturally I kid you not a month later I fucking met my current boyfriend I was like Mm -hmm. no like I was not (laughs) I was like no no so I I've seen it I've seen Mm -hmm. it that when you let go of that like 
need to be attached to a result of of something things just happen because your energy shifts yeah well the thing is yes and and i think that's why a lot of people don't really believe in manifestation and the quote-unquote the law of attraction because what it's really easy to choose your desires Mm -hmm. because it's clear in your life what you don't like and what you do like and sometimes you're like oh you know i want this i want that blah blah and so the universe is giving it to you because that's like where your attention's at but if your frequency is not yes is not at that level of what you are desiring if it's not matching the same frequency that is you are creating a blockage between you and that desire 100% and what happens when you let go and you let things and you let go of that resistance is that your body naturally knows what is best for you what yes. you're desiring you don't even need to think about it that, yeah. you already are it it's subconsciously like you are it's, it's your intuition knows naturally what you're desiring yeah so when that happens when you let go that is the frequency yeah your body naturally like will match you will match you and this is what joseph spencer says which it took yeah, me a while him. Yeah, it took me a while to actually comprehend this concept, which I think, you know, I mean, it's just the beginning of it, you know? But everything is happening at the same time. Oh, my goodness. And because time is is non-existent. It's just an illusion in our lives, right? And that's just the way that we can comprehend what we are experiencing. We can't experience everything at once too much. And you know that was actually proven last year? The Nobel Prize winners of 2021 were two scientists that proved that the universe is not local. Just good into that research. It was proven by two freaking scientists, Nobel Prize winners, that the universe, that this time that we're living in, is not local. Let that fucking sink in. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, and this was, this is just a concept. It's gonna, it's just gonna be such a big concept mm-hmm. to implement in life, you know? But, and, and it took me a while. It took me a while to like really drill into it. But, er, so everything is happening all at the same time, but at different frequencies. Mm-hmm. So when, so there's so many things happening, so many different realities happening at the same time. Yeah. You just have to match to the frequency that you desire, right? And it's like a radio station. Mm. Like you, you turn on the radio, right? Yeah. You're, you're on the station. But you know that there's other stations that you can you're turn right. on at the same time with different songs or different yeah. things. But you just have to match to the frequency of the radio. Dude, I love that analogy. Yes. Yeah, and that is exactly how it is yeah. where time is it, it's no it's not linear yeah. so when you are desiring something it's not that oh it's out there and i'm gonna get it in a year or in a week or whatever and then you're trying to manifest it no it's happening right now all you have to do is match your frequency to it and the way the easiest way for us to match that frequency instead of trying to learn what that frequency is is actually to let go because your body naturally is going to take you to that frequency mic drop <laughs> my drop thank you for coming yeah. guys <laughs> yeah you know goodbye yeah yeah that's all <laughs> oh my god but i love that you just said all this because okay so there's these two um women that i've been listening to recently one of them you might know her gabby bernstein i don't know if you follow her on instagram but mm-hmm. follow her because i feel like you'd love her profile and she talks a lot about manifestation and 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 this energy and so everything that you just said is exactly what she said in terms of like everything is happening at the same time and and you just have to embody that frequency so you can mirror it 
But one of the things that also she mentions is that getting into that quantum physics is that I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but you hear and even I say it in yoga classes, and I hope that people people don't receive it this way. When you say what you desire is meant for you, previously to where I'm at today, I didn't believe that because it just felt flat. But now I understand the why. The why is because if you're able to even desire it, is because somewhere in another realm or whatever it is that's happening, since there is no linear, right time isn't local. It's happening. It's happening. It's you already like you already have that, and so if you are desiring it in this reality, is because it's you're capable of having that. Exactly. And so it's about, it's not even just you. It's if you see someone that is experiencing that yes. something particularly that you want in your life, it means that there is a world out there right now that you are experiencing the same thing literally and growing up you know i remember growing up with all these taboos of like you can't tell people your ideas or you can't say because you're gonna steal it or whatever it is but it's more about what is meant for you will happen because it's already there right and so other people like you know this is where i like my boyfriend's sister says this comparison is a thief of joy and i agree with that because when you start comparing like oh if you view it right it's all about perception if you view it like this person has it so there's no space for me instead of viewing it like damn maybe this is a sign from the universe that because she has it that means that i can have it Mm -hmm. and that it's already in the cards for me to have it and it just means that the universe is showing me maybe a way to get there Mm -hmm. and instead of wishing her like wishing her wrong or like wishing her like or, or adding that envious feeling and and like kind of like resisting embracing it and expressing like joy for that person and like elevating your frequency into believing it is going to be able to get you there because you're not limiting your space you know and exactly but for me i know that we talked about this that's one of the biggest issues that i currently am working with is that because in order for me you know you said it you have to embrace that frequency. Mm-hmm. But in order for me, it's hard to do that because of my self-worth because I don't believe that I deserve certain things, right? And so that's where it comes down to that disconnect, right? So, yeah, I may want a thousand things. And like you said, and the universe might send them to you. But if I'm in a frequency where I don't believe that I can deserve it, then I'm not going to be able to receive it or be ready for it. Yes, and I it's true and... I think it all comes down to like your self-worth as well Um, because where you see yourself, you know, if you're worthy about something, it's really the ceiling of of what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. You are never going to get or receive more than you think you deserve. Yeah. Like never. So that's why with self-worth, it's got to be worked on. And, and it took me a while to, like, recognize that, like, it doesn't matter how much you, you throw in hard work, mm-hmm. how many hours you work in a, in a, in a day. Yeah. It doesn't matter, like, how you manifest it. But if you don't believe that you are worthy yeah. of receiving that, it's yeah. just, it's Never not going to happen. No. Because how can you see something that you don't see in front of you, right? If you don't believe mm-hmm. it, you see it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is where I'm at right now. You know, one of my, like, journeys is that the part of that self-worth because... You know, I, I am into all these things and there's so many things that I'm passionate about and I love to help other people and I have made a lot of progress with myself, but it's something that it's also limiting, right? Like in mm-hmm. terms of, of where I'm at and for some people, it might just be a lifelong journey, right? Like, you know, we all struggle I with think it, I things. think for everybody, I think you're forever yeah. going to be healing. Yeah, forever healing, but yeah. maybe you're healing different things. For me, it might be my self-worth. For other people, it might be their relationship mm-hmm. with yeah. money. For other people, it might be their relationship with their trust or whatever it is i have many things to heal but um maybe for me 
I can heal the majority of my things, but my self-worth is probably going to be my life journey where I'm going to be going mm-hmm. through these ebbs and flows of these seasons where I might mm-hmm. not feel good enough or whatever it is, but it's just more about going back within, mm-hmm. having practices and tools that will get you to that space that you are able to hold compassion to be like, you know what? I've been here before. Mm-hmm. I got this. Yeah. Let's go. All right. It's a season. It's a bad time. Let's implement the tools that we know that work and keep moving forward the best you can right so mm-hmm. that's where at least like that's why I love this practice so much and yeah I love the thing yep. that we do because now you know my family thinks I'm having a middle life crisis right <laughs> like bro we immigrated from Venezuela and they you know moved here and they've worked so hard to like have a certain lifestyle and being corporate America was their dream because that's what you think you know the American yeah. lifestyle so for me to have gone from all these things that I moved here to go to from corporate America to quit my full-time job to become a full-time yoga teacher to travel to india for a month like they were like they're literally right now probably like what is going like they're she's having a moment (laughs) yeah they they definitely are concerned but it's okay it's okay you know like their support is everything generations too you know especially in their experiences like moving I saw that that too with my parents. Like their dream was to live that American dream. Yeah. But it, that's their journey, you yeah. know. And so like you ha- you find your own journey in different times, different generations. But yeah, and I think it's so different because despite everything, I think that we're so blessed with where mental health is in our generation because you know our parents, I oh know for God. a fact, mine mm-hmm. did not get the same tools that I did in regards to how now open you can be about where you're at you know like I know for a fact that when my mom grew up you know going to a psychologist was like you're fucking crazy there's something wrong with you you're a drug addict mm-hmm. or you have some sort of like psychoness you know at least like your like trauma like yeah. crazy, some crazy yeah exactly mm-hmm. so you and it was even like shameful like I remember that like if you said that you were going to like therapy when you were little at least for me it was like no pues like you can't hang out with this person because they have too many problems <laughs> yeah. that they're seeing a therapist yeah right like it was never positive it wasn't advocated it wasn't so their limitations are different Mm. so naturally for me to make this jump their sense of safety is like you're actually triggering me because it's like i don't understand this because it's something that they never got like that entrepreneurial mindset you know and i actually talked about this with my dad the other day because part of my identity that one of the things that i struggle is that you know i recognize that i view success whether of how many regarding your education or your finances you know like if I don't feel like I have x x amount of finances then I'm like I don't feel worth it or I don't feel like I'm good enough you know I'm I'm working with that and I grew up that way because my dad had this lifestyle that you know he viewed money as like just don't worry about it make money and that's it and I was talking to him about where I'm at today like I struggle believing that I can do this because I right now naturally Obviously, the picture that I'm getting is not the same that I'm getting in corporate America. So that financial security and that you know stability is not there right now, and especially with everybody saying like, "Why are you doing this? And you can't do this, etc." It's pulling me in different directions. And naturally, my lack of self worth—it's like a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to him and I asked him like, "How did you do it when you grew up and you were 16 and you were getting to become an adult and you were on your own because that's you know his way that he lived. You know, he was on his own." how did you fake it i guess till you made it like what made like what did what really helped you with your self-confidence right now and he was like well honey the thing is is that what are you basing your self-worth on and what like you know what are you comparing it to because if you're comparing it to my generation my generation had to work to survive you know the way that we grew up is make money for your family and kids that is your identity like don't get run the risk of 
coming up with your own thing and not going to college. It was, there was a straight linear path of success because of where your, your generation is and where, you know, naturally everything, you guys have a more entrepreneurial mindset. And for our generation, that's unsafety. It literally, it's like the perfect opposite for where, what we view as safe. So if you're basing your self-worth on how we perhaps raised you, naturally it's a Mm -hmm. a clash it's opposites Mm -hmm. because you're healing some things that we didn't get to heal right wow that makes so much sense right and it's just so true when you say like the self-worth thing because we base so much of what we're worthy based on what we have currently right our accomplishments or yeah you achieve yeah and it's really easy it's just so easy to do that it's so easy i mean as humans like that's what we see that's what we perceive like firsthand what we perceive is like where do you live like what kind of car do i have like what do you know i mean like that's just how you we're social beings it's Mm. like that that's where we go firsthand so it's so hard to like kind of like step back and be like and that's our culture here like like i love you know living in miami and everything but out of you know i lived in europe at one point Mm -hmm. and it's like completely different energy in terms of money Mm -hmm. completely different Mm. and it just sucks like sometimes because you're just like oh you know like so many people are basing their worth on that and then therefore you go and you immediately kind of like it's easy to fall into that trap you know but i think once you really work on that it's just it's not it's going to be really hard to affect you. Yeah, for you sure. You know, and like right now, for example, there's this um, famous yoga teacher in Miami and he like travels around and and all this stuff and he does um, what he, like teacher trainings and he charges, I think it's like 2500 per per cl- per student mm-hmm. um, and he does like maybe 50 students and like He's just making his salary just this one teacher training. And he does it, like, three times a year. And then he goes and, like, does classes and, like... But he didn't start there. Yeah. He didn't start there. He started with nothing. Mm -hmm. And he started just literally class by class. And then he found his journey and he created this this level of... um, like, Like, he has a following, like, a level of audience that he has and followers and and um and classes and how much he would charge for a class and whatever and it's like he got there but i i know for a fact this is like new like this was not he didn't start this way so it's it's really like whatever you really make it you know and i don't know like i just think no matter what you choose it's it's really how you perceive it to be and how worthy you feel of yourself you know like for example like i went to i went to law school i wanted to be an attorney main reason was to be secured make money right yeah it was because i grew up without money Mm -hmm. so for me it was like the number one main priority in life was making sure that i never experienced what my parents experienced and oh i was and I got to be an attorney, and it's like, there are many attorneys that don't make money. Many attorneys. Like, my, w- one of my bosses from before, like, I saw the struggle. And, like, he was an amazing attorney. It's just his perception mm. of his self-worth. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was just like, it just does not matter what you do. Um, I mean, it kind of does, like, yeah. it, it, you know, like, at least at the beginning. But it's like, it's whatever you perceive it to be, you know? 
And I think it really connects to like what you're saying, that perception, because as, as what you said about like Miami, right? And, and, and all that, like, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, like my experience with my body is a journey that I'm navigating through my emotions. But when I went to India, for example, I was there for a month. Ask me if I ever felt anxious. Ask me if I threw up on the side of the street when I experienced joy. Ask me if I struggled the way I struggled with my body here while I was there. And no, I didn't. Like, whoa. So let's talk up. Yeah, so that's with whoa. perception. So, but oh, that's so wild. And it's crazy because, so it, it's literally I feel anxiety in my chest right now because I, talking about India for me has been really hard. I haven't, like, in my Instagram, I haven't really posted a lot for it. And I can't even look at my albums and go back to seeing the pictures because it reminds me of such a moment in time that I was so free. I felt so free, so happy. Wow. So, like, different. And seeing those pictures now here, I'm not able to feel that way. So it, I'm not able to, like, see it right now. Mm. And with perception tying it with perception you know india is a country that you know a lot of people right have their own perception of it based on the news and what we know about history but yeah there is chaos right like in every country but despite the fact that i went to one of the poorest countries in the world traffic just just analyzing the traffic you know you i go into brickle and every time i drive in brickle i experience anxiety Oh my god, me too. In my chest, like I'm like, huevo, fuck, whatever. Anywhere in Miami when I drive. Yeah, yeah. I was in India where there's no traffic rules, like legit, there's actually barely even lights, Mm. there's like no police on the street, like everybody is survival of the fittest in that sense. But it's organized chaos. It's almost like it's organized chaos. Mm -hmm. But you know, I was, that, and after so many months of trying to process the hell, what the fuck, of what I experienced there, um, I recognize that for starters, what was different was the frequency, the energies of people there. And why, how can you change your frequency? With your perception. These people that I saw on the street, the kids begging for whatever that we saw, it was heartbreaking, but they were also inviting me to their house. They're, okay, so I experienced, literally I have never experienced anything like I did when I experienced in India. India for me was like, I don't even know how to put it into words. We'll maybe talk about it in another podcast. But mm-hmm. um, I met people that had truly nothing, that were living in conditions that I was like, whoa. And they still, when they met me in Iran and we were walking on the streets, would invite us to their home and want us to want to cook dinner for us, even though wow. they could barely afford probably dinner. It was like their perception of their life they were so thankful their gratitude their their happiness despite their challenges helped their frequency you know their perception and by them by their perception being changed and helping their frequency it helped mine yeah i arrived to a place that i easily could have experienced it was like literally the perfect definition of where i could experience anxiety not with anybody that I'm unaware of other than Ivana, like different country, women traveling, you know, it's like a whole different setup of a perfect storm, different languages. And not once did I ever feel anxious, scared. You know, I, the, t- the very rare times that I felt scared was because I was forcing myself to feel scared. Like my mind mm-hmm. is used to being in fear 
and in fight and flight that mm-hmm. even though my body felt at peace my mind was like but wait shouldn't you be feeling scared it's like a habit yeah mm-hmm. but i didn't really feel scared and so it just talks about that full, it, it completes that full circle of like your perception of your life really and your level of awareness can change your frequency by you changing your subconscious your state and by you being able to do that you're able to receive from the universe and go mm-hmm. into this whole full circle but I was really impressed with how I would see these people and they were just so content so happy so yeah. loving and like they had such hardships and their stories when I would speak to their story like, and hear about their stories, I was like, what? Wow, I can. I've never been to India, but oh, everyone that, like, a couple of my friends have been and it, they say the same thing. It's oh. like, you have to go. Listen, there's a lot of people that probably won't enjoy it. You, it's because why? It's about the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. like, I went there with a purpose and whatever purpose you want to go to if you want to go to india to go to the finest hotels and to whatever don't go for that you know there's Mm. millions of places in the world go Mm. with a purpose that is true to your heart and authentic and allow yourself to learn it's it's such a clash of cultures and it's such an opportunity to realize that the life you live in is not it like there's so much more than your current state yeah like we tend to also fall into these stages where we might not be happy with where we are and we don't realize that we can change at any time. The world is gigantic. Gigantic. Mm. There's so many things. People do so many different things. Like, There's less and more elsewhere. It, this is not everything. Mm. And you have complete control of how you can change that for yourself. That's so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, we are literally <laughs> so over time. So but yeah, we're going to have to That was it. a great way to <laughs> end it. <laughs> We were gonna play the, the game, but like, mm. you know, I think it's I think it's good. Well, yeah, and there's so much even more to say, you know. Like, so much. We def. I I want to leave with continue doing your podcast because anything that you're doing with love in, with intentional, like it doesn't matter what the result is, it's gonna work out for you because we know it, you know it, and you're doing such a great job. I heard Ivana's episode and it was so nice, and I love. Um, I love how I felt here. I felt so safe to say things that I probably wouldn't say too much, you know, and and I'll probably leave and be like, fuck, did I say too much? Like, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but whatever. The point is that you have created here a very safe environment and people need this and people will value this and I cannot wait to see where you go with this. Thank you so much. I love it. I honestly love doing this. So thank you for sharing your story. Woo!